I served in Vietnam. I served in Iraq. No matter where you served or when, VA has benefits for veterans of every generation. To learn what benefits you may be eligible for, visit www.va.gov. Hello, everyone. I'm Timothy Lawson, your host for This Week at VA. This is episode 37, and this week's episode is going to feature a powerlifter, an Army veteran by the name of Steve Goggins. He's probably most well-known for the being the first powerlifter to squat 1,100 pounds. That's pretty amazing. Before we get on to my interview with Steve, though, I want to talk to you about the Office of Enterprise Support Services. Now, some of you may be wondering, what is that and, and why does it matter? Well, what's interesting is this: my audience on this podcast is almost evenly split between uh, VA employees and um, veterans and others in our customer base and, and, and fa- families and whatnot. So with the employees in mind, I want to tell them uh, about the Office of Enter- Enterprise Support Services, or OESS. They're contributing to the transformation and modernization of VA by providing best in-class internal support services, such as HR, finance, and records management, through the shared services model. OESS is critical to saving invaluable resources for the department, but more importantly, OESS brings efficiency and peace of mind to all its customers, which are the VA employees, allowing them to focus on their job and mission of providing world-class care and services to veterans every single day. VA has been using a wide range of shared services for decades. Every two weeks, your paycheck is processed through a VA shared services center the Financial Services Center. When you joined VA as a new employee, your security investigation was conducted by a VA Shared Services Center, the Security Investigation Center. And when you complete a training through the Talent Management System, you are using a shared service from the HR Enterprise Center. Because of the success of OESS and the new call for modernization, VA is committed now more than ever before to expanding shared services and helping the department in its mission to care for those who have borne the battle. OESS is looking for entrepreneurial, customer service-oriented individuals to join their team on detailed positions. If you are passionate about solving problems that impact veterans and interested in being a part of the team advancing a VA priority initiative, Contact Lynn Peters for more information. Her email, that email is lynn.peters at va.gov. That's L-Y-N-N dot P-E-T-E-R-S at va.gov. That is the Office of Enterprise Support Services, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's, it's important to highlight offices like that, not only for the VA employees to learn a little bit more about their department, but for non-VA employees, our veterans and, our, and, and their families and our customer base to know um, how VA is modernizing, how it's transforming, and, and how it is improving to better serve them. The feature interview this week is with Steve Goggins. I caught up with Steve on the phone earlier this week. He, uh, he is a legendary power lifter. Like I mentioned earlier, he uh, was the first person to squat 1,100 pounds. It's, I can't even fathom it. 
he was a truck driver in the army, and he also he was also a part of the armed services powerlifting team, which is uh, where he sort of found, helped find his passion for the sport. He's going to talk to us about his career, about coaching. He's going to talk to us about his experience with VA and more. Enjoy. On the phone with me, I have Army veteran Steve Goggins, legend power lifter. Sir, thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. We, we begin every interview uh, with the same question because we all have the same thing in common. We all served in the United States military, and we all made that decision. Bring us back to the day that you decided to join the Army. Um, I guess I was in high school. And uh, I had uh, just pretty much decided that, you know, that my sports career wasn't going to where I wanted to go. And uh, I was actually told by by a recruiter that they had uh, football in the Army at the time. And that's what kind of, uh, you know, kind of motivated me to, to go that direction. Yeah. Once I did, I didn't really didn't really get off in the football. It was just it wasn't mostly there. But that was that was the main reason I, I first started. And and uh, what did what did you enlist as? Uh, you mean as far as uh, in, in, uh, like your like your your occupation? Oh, my occupation was that when I first went in, I was a truck driver. Okay. Yeah, '64 Charlie, then it changed to '88 Mike. Okay. Yep. And then uh, you were with 82nd Airborne, is that right? Yeah, when I first went in, I, was, I wasn't I with the Airborne. I was stationed at Fort Benning, Georgia, and I uh, drove trucks there for a while. And then uh, I decided to go Airborne when I was down there. And I did Airborne training there, and then they sent me to Fort uh, uh, Bragg, North Carolina. Yeah. And I was uh, stationed there for a while. And I see in your, your bio that you were a member of the Armed Forces Powerlifting Team. Yes, for probably, I think it was uh, at least four times. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, four times, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, just, and uh, you enlisted in 1983 and was discharged in 1990. Is that right? Right. But I, I did uh, two tours. I got came in, stayed out for nine months, and then went back in. So it wasn't very... Wasn't very long. Yeah, in, what, in that, between that time. Yeah, what brought what brought you back in? I just you know I, I loved the military at the time. It was uh, the life was good. Uh, I didn't find the uh, I guess the uh, employment I was looking for at the time. I just don't think I was finished with my military military career. So I went back in and I started yeah. up again. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's definitely something that people, uh, p- plenty of people in the audience can identify with, and just not really feeling like you're done. Um, is there is there an experience or a story from your time in the military, maybe when you were a part of the powerlifting team, um, that you recall on often? Maybe something that's like the epitome of your of your time in. Uh, well, I was I got to be the coach of the Fort Hood powerlifting team, so that was a that was a great honor to be. Uh, did that in like from 19, I think it was from 1987 to like 1990. So I got, I was the coach of the 48th team. And so we had a lot of competitions. We had to traveling all over, uh, Texas and, or national meets. I did armed forces and all that. And so 
once I went to the uh, the Armed Forces Championships one year, I got to compete with uh, uh, some of the top lifters from all over the military. And this one particular year, I won best lifter against some of the some of the greatest lifters in the world. Uh, two, like a three or four of them on my team, and I won best lifter out of that. So that was a, that was the one big experience I remember, probably more than anything. Yeah, that's <laughs> that cool. Uh, before we get into your career as a powerlifter, we're going to um, finish with your your military career. Uh, what what prompted okay. what prompted your um, your transition out? Why why did you get out the second time and stay out? Uh, actually, the, the, the reason I got out is because I wanted to continue uh, my career with the powerlifting uh, as far as uh, in coaching and, and training others. And I wasn't, at the time, I wasn't given the option to, I was given, I think it was in 1990 when I was, they came and said, well, we want you to enlist to go to Germany, or it was, I think it was Germany. And at the time, my family was in Virginia. So I had to sign up for four years and I didn't want to go because I went, I was just in a transition of trying to get my family's uh, situation uh, moved where I was. And so I had to sign, sign not to do it. So that was the reason I opted out. Yeah. A lot of veterans. I need to take a tour that I wasn't really ready for. Uh, a lot of veterans, when they transition out, um, experience some sort of um, emotional crisis or at least some sort of um, emotional despair. Is that any? Did you experience anything like that? No, I did not. I did. I did not. Not anything emotional. No. Yeah. Um, and then on the other side, there's often um, a, a pursuit for renewed purpose and and um, and trying to discover that. Uh, how long did it take you to discover a renewed purpose after leaving the military? Probably a couple of years to already tell then. I mean, because after having so much structure, uh, it did help me figure out how I wanted to do things in, in a way. Uh, but it did take a while to kind of, uh, I guess, get a balance with it, to figure out what I wanted to do and, you know, what direction I wanted to go. I mean, I knew what I wanted to do, but it didn't, Finding that, trying to grasp grasp onto it and uh, make it work for me, versus having the military and it's already structured and you know it was the, the path was already laid for me. Uh, so you have found a career in powerlifting. Um, I'm I'm curious when when did you realize that you really enjoyed picking up heavy things and putting them back down? Uh, actually, in the military, I mean, probably. I mean, I, I did a little bit right before I went in, but mostly all in the military. When I got to join the all-army team and the all-armed forces team, just like working out to try to stay in shape to be in condition, you know, to be in the military, I uh, always wanted to be in, you know, good condition. And then just found out that there was there was powerlifting. I once saw it on ABC Wide World of Sports one time and uh, kind of picked it up from there, and it just something I enjoyed, you know, just being trying to be strong. Um, I, I think it's, the concept's pretty straightforward, but, uh, maybe for those in the audience that are less familiar, uh, maybe in 60 seconds or left, can you sort of describe what powerlifting is and, and how it's competitive? Okay. Powerlifting is, is a three lift. The squat, you do a full squat, you have to break parallel from the top of your knee to the top of your thigh, uh, and then stand back up with as much weight as you possibly can. 
the bench press, you line flat on your back and you bring the bar down, pause it, press as much weight back up as you can. The deadlift, the weight's on the floor, you just reach down and grab it, stand up with it, then put it back down on the control. Whoever, whoever lifts the most in these three lifts weight as far as points, the weight count is points. Whoever has the most points at the end of the total uh, wins the competition and is the best. So, I mean, you can, you know, it just, just depends on, you can be strong in one or the other. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So of those three, which one is your bread and butter and which one has been a challenge for you? Well, as a true powerlifter, I'm all, I've always said I love all of them. <laughs> so I, I love all three uh, disciplines, the squat, bench, and the deadlift. But I, would, I definitely would say the squat was my my best. But I loved all three of them the same. Yeah. And the squat, I was, yeah. I was the first to squat 1,100 pounds. So. Holy smokes. 1,100 yeah. pounds? Yep, 1,100 pounds. Holy cow. That's uh, that's that's over five times my body weight. That's amazing. I can barely. I I get exhausted doing a, a squat with my own body weight. That's <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty amazing. What what is it about powerlifting that fulfills you? What do you enjoy about it? Uh, it's just um, it gives you goals. You're having a goal. It, it just it's just the point of always having a goal or wanting to accomplish something. Uh, I mean now even though that's not my goal because I'm not competitive mode no more because after a certain while you can't it's just something you just don't you know you just don't do with your body in the military even when i was in the military doing it i was kind of it, it can it can you have to be careful so what i enjoy about it is just like i said breaking goals ha, you know having a something to aim for and now i love seeing other people uh, successful that's my main thing now that's what that's what i do basically yeah. Just help others, you know. I'm not really into the in myself. I'm just into trying to, you know, help others reach their goals and to see other people smile and to see their faces. Yeah. And it also helps other people get into fitness. It's a way to help other people get into it. Yeah. So what do you like when you're when you're training and, and coaching somebody, um I mean how do you how do you help uh how do you help someone when they begin to plateau and become discouraged? You just have to let them know that they need to, okay, we need to kind of drop back a little bit. Uh, let's uh, take this a day, you know, a week at a time and just kind of you know, one day at a time and then a week at a time. And then, you know, we'll we'll work on your weak points. Uh, you don't always have to, when it, I mean, you just got to keep working through it. There's a lot of times you may have to lift the same weight over and over and over and over. But you just got to keep, you got to be consistent with it. You have to be uh, patient. And you have to, you know, you have to be very uh, aggressive with your, you know, your motivation, and not, and not, not worry. You know, if you want to get ahead, you got to be able to be consistent. Powerlifting is something I've noticed a lot of veterans uh, getting into, and I think it's because so many, uh, when when you're in the military, I think becoming a gym head is so easy to do. Um, exactly. Yeah. Have you have you met a lot of veterans in your powerlifting career? Oh yes, definitely. Oh, all the time. Yeah. Always, always. Every almost every competition, they're veterans. Uh, I mean, I see a lot, talk to a lot of them all the time, uh, and they they enjoy the sport. And they, you know, uh, a lot of them like when they go overseas or do something. They 
you know, for their time that they have nothing else to do when they're in, you know, waiting or when they're free time, that's what they do. They want to lift weights, you know, and concentrate on their powerlifting. Uh, yeah. And they, they talk about it. Either I got, I got friends now that talk about it when they're actually they're doing it now or when they were in the service doing it, you know. It's just a part of that free time that you need that recreational time. It starts yeah. off as recreation, but it ends up being, you know, a pretty serious hobby that you love to do. Yeah, like when did when did you realize when did you realize your hobby could become a profession? You know, you always heard heard that you want to do, you want to make a living doing what you love to do. You know, it just kind of hit home one day. You know, because everybody because when you grow up as a kid, you think you need to have a profession. You need to think you it's ingrained in you to you need to have something set in stone. You need to go to college to do this. You need to go to this to this. You know, if you want to be this, to be that. And then, you know, one day it's kind of hit like, you know, well, wait a minute, I want to be, a, you know, I want, I want to, this is what I want to do. I want to help other people do something. And then I guess with the, as the internet got better and the internet came on and the Facebook and all the social media, it's made it more possible to make a living doing what I do and helping others. So, well, that's interesting. So how has the internet played into that? Oh, because you can work with so many people, uh, you know, all over from different countries, different states, uh, cities. You know, people contact you. Hey, can you help me with programming? So I'll do a, like online programming for people. So versus, you know, 15, 20 years ago, that was that wasn't possible. Yeah. Okay. So, so people e- email me. Yeah. So a lot. So a lot of your training then is done from a distance. Right. Exactly. Oh, very cool. What. Uh, how, what are, what are some of the challenges in that? And I understand, I would imagine there's a little bit of a challenge in not actually being able to be in the room with them. But, uh, like I said, you can get, you can talk to so many different more people, um, around what's that experience been like? Oh, it's been great. As long as you can get someone to follow your instructions, you know, you have to make you have to just lay down the, you know, the, the, the requirements, you know, I guess sort of the rules were, as long as they can pay attention to the rules of what they, what you need them to do, you know, like I need video, like it's, so they, they send me video and I review the video and I watch what they do and of all the heavy, heavy sets or heavy workouts they do, you know, I have them recorded. So as long as they do that and they give me the right angles I want. So probably the only challenge is if somebody doesn't send me the right videos or, you know, or they just don't send me videos at all or just you know, not doing their workouts. Mostly, everybody does what they're supposed to do. When, they, when it, people send me their videos and uh, doing what they're supposed to do, it makes it a really easy process. So that's the only challenge. If you, if you try to do programming, somebody's workout, without being able to see what they actually do, it's almost impossible. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, you have to see. So I, I, as much as I can see, I try to tell them, hey, record videos of all your heavy sets. All your heavy workouts, and then just send me a short clip of it. You know, message me with it. Boom, I'll look at it, review it, then I'll be able to make your next workout for the next week. And usually, it works out great. What's What's the average time between between a a hobbyist powerlifter and a professional powerlifter? Like, what, what's that timeline usually like? You may work. I mean, as as a professional powerlifter, I mean, maybe I would think it's probably pretty much the same. If somebody's in their hobby, they're pretty much. Uh, 
you know, because they want to get the results, you need to do all your assistance exercises if they really like working out. So, I mean, it's pretty much the same. I mean, the professional level of powerlifting is not to a degree to where I couldn't make just a living just doing if I just lifted weights going around. It has to be, I have to do, it would be training and uh, stuff like that. Yeah. They had a professional organization, but, I mean, they, they didn't pay that much for competition right. to be able to do that. So you can be a professional and still not be, you have to have other jobs to do it. So it's so you have to cut your time to, you know, workouts and powerlifting takes two to three hours sometimes. You know, you, you said that you did powerlifting in, in the military, but what's, some, what's another discipline or skill set or um, – experience you got in the military that helped you succeed in your life after the military, especially with your powerlifting career? Uh, being disciplined, uh, teaching me discipline, uh, you know, getting up on time or, you know, not to be late, uh, to be, try to be focused as much as, you know, as possible. We're taught to, you know, we need to get this done, not to fail. So I think yeah. those things were keys in being successful. Quitting is unacceptable. Those are those are things I just think of right offhand that just picked up to me. When we uh, when we when I first called you, you were you were trying to finish up a phone call with the VA. You get your health care through them? Yes, yes, I do. Yep, in uh, Atlanta. Yep. Yeah. Okay. How's your How's your care been down there? I mean, you're, if if you don't mind sharing, it's been pretty good. I don't. I, don't, I mean, it's been pretty good. It, there's always challenges with, I think, in the VA with dealing with uh, different. Uh, people in the VA, like people who work there. So, but as far as when I get past some of that, my care has been pretty good. It just sometimes going through and dealing with the people that you talk to or working with, uh, the people who are not the doctors yeah. or in the positions that's, you know, scheduling the appointments and those people. Yeah. I think they could be trained better to do their job. Okay. How long? How long have you been? How long have you been in the VA system? Oh, since I got out, since uh, 1990. Okay, very cool. Have you used VA for anything else, education or, or home loan or anything like that? Uh, I've used it for. I did use it for uh, education. And I very did cool. take some courses, and I'm still planning on going back to take some more. I did not. I did not finish with it. Yeah. And right. I did not. I tried to use it for home loan at the time, but it didn't. It didn't match up or work out for what I wanted to do. So. I found another program, so I was, you know, attempted to. So I, yeah. use, I try to use it for everything I can. Yeah, good. VA has a has a, um great resources, and like you said, there's uh you know sometimes the bureaucracy has some sticking points, but the resources right. and the services are are good when you get there. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You just got to get past some of the stuff, fine, and just be persistent. Steve, I really appreciate your time. If anybody listening is interested in powerlifting or just wants to contact you about uh, more of what you're doing in general, how can they do that? Uh, they can reach me at gogginsforce at gmail.com. Uh, just send me an email. That's gogginsforce, G-O-G-G-I-N-S-F-O-R-C-E at gmail.com. Or you can hit me on my Instagram at gogginsforce.com. Uh, Very well. Steve, thank you so much for your time. And most of all, sir, thank you for your service. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it, Mr. Law. You have a good one, all right? The VA has made it extremely easy to access information, to get out there and find benefits that are there for you. Veterans might be eligible for things that they had no idea they're eligible for, no matter what age you are. That's your benefit. That's what you've earned. Take advantage of it. 
And the only reason I am sitting here today talking to anybody is because of the VA. Explore the many ways VA benefits can help you purchase a home, earn a degree, advance your career, and so much more. Learn about VA benefits you may be eligible for. Visit explore.va.gov today. So you probably noticed there towards the end, I talked, I asked Steve about his experience uh, with VA, and he admitted that, uh, hey, he's had some had some issues at some of the frontline uh, staff, if you will, at uh, at his local facility, and uh, and we understand that. That's that's why VA asks these questions. How is your care? How how has your experience been? Uh, because improvement can only be made through the feedback that we get. Now, uh, Secretary Shulkin uh, and uh, the president and the, and the administration have been uh, taking serious steps towards improving and modernizing the VA, uh, but feedback at the local level is just as important. It's how your local facility uh, can improve, and it's, it's where it can know it's doing well. So if you haven't provided feedback to your local facility, I highly suggest it. Contact your patient advocate and just let them know what your experience has been. Let them know where your sticking point has been. Let them know uh, where your care has been spot on uh, so they can relay that back to those uh, the need to know and some of the decision makers inside uh, that local facility. Today's veteran of the day is David Major. He served from 1987 to 2008 in the Army. He served with 1st Battalion, 34th Armor, 1st Infantry Division, a.k.a. Big Red One, during Operation Desert Shield in 1991. We thank Dave for his service. To read Dave's full write-up and to nominate your own Vet of the Day, go to blogs.va.gov. That wraps up episode 37. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I know there's a lot of options out there for entertainment, so I appreciate you spending your time here with me and Steve Goggins. I know I say that every week, but I've been in this industry long enough to know that the podcasting space has expanded. It is uh, it is a very saturated industry, and I know that the options are overwhelming. So. Uh, the fact that you've listened to today's episode or any episode uh, of This Week VA truly means a lot to me and the veterans that come on here to share their stories. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at DEPT Vet Affairs for more from our community. If you have a question you'd like to have addressed here on the show, you can email us, newmedia at va.gov. I'm Timothy Lawson, signing off. Awesome.